0: Welcome to this week's episode of BusinessWise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. I'm curious to see the responses we get to this episode of BusinessWise, the one we're recording today. I don't know if my uh, listeners really do have a desire to stay out of trouble or not. That's the title here. It's uh, how to stay out of trouble. Maybe you're just like me and always looking for trouble. Um, and have no interest in staying out of trouble, maybe you're always in trouble and just think that that's the way life is. And so this episode sounds like it's just going to be pretty airy-fairy. You know what airy-fairy means? It's a useful word. It was coined by Alfred Lord Tennyson, 1930. Basically means uh, impractical and foolishly idealistic. they give an example here. This is Oxford. Love might seem an airy-fairy romantic concept. So airy-fairy, like whoever heard of staying out of trouble, sounds kind of impractical, idealistic. I grant you, I grant you, if you're standing on planet Earth in the year 2023, after the birth of Christ, yes, you are in trouble. That's true. I guess it's all relative. But here really is a question. What's the big deal about being in trouble? Read some headlines. Aren't we kind of in trouble already? So what's with the concern of staying out of trouble? Oh boy, I can't do that. I might get in trouble. Man, get over it. You're already in trouble. So maybe you figure you can skip this episode since it's all pie in the sky, but actually it's not. You can learn something very, very valuable from Mr. Elwin Hubbard in this episode, and it's a simple lesson, and it will contribute to making you bulletproof. So so, stick with us. Like so many truths, what you're about to learn is a little counterintuitive. I mean, what makes sense to us and what we are doing every day—if it's leading us deeper and deeper into trouble—now you're gonna have to hang with me on this, because it's anyway. If what we're doing is leading us into deeper and deeper trouble, it might indicate that while it quote seemed like a good idea at the time end quote, it might not be such a great idea after all. If you're in trouble. The actions you are taking that seem to make sense to you are clearly not that sensible. And the solutions at first glance might seem to make no sense. But then, of course, that makes sense. Because if they made sense to you, you would already be doing them, wouldn't you? And maybe you wouldn't be in so much trouble. Make sense? Anyway, you might have to replay this, what I just said to you a time or two. But trust me, it does make sense when you think about it. Okay, so how does this apply to staying out of trouble? Very simple. Stop avoiding trouble. See how much trouble you can get into instead. Now, I've seen an entire organization absolutely frozen, locked down tight, with no one willing to make a move or make a decision for fear of getting into trouble. Try to think how much trouble that organization eventually got into. You get the idea? No, the watchword in life and in any group would have to be The word causative, and causative simply means capable of producing an effect. Let's take an example. Let's say you run a sales company that depends for its success in getting people to attend seminars. So you say, all right, let's have a seminar. Joe, you're in charge. Can you create that effect? "Uh, I don't think so, boss. We don't have much time. Uh, That's not really my job. That's Sally's job, and I have no idea how to put on a seminar. I, I, I wasn't hired for this. And so, of course, you know, the the boss getting this loses his temper. So now the guy says, "Okay, well, you yelled at me, but I still don't know how to do it. So here you go. Lousy seminar. Very happy. Told you I didn't know how to put on a seminar. Bet you'll think twice about asking me to pull off a seminar again, won't you? No, just leave me with my button pushing because that's what you hired me for, right? Sooner or later, someone is going to come along who knows how to do a seminar and then we'll all be happy. See, this is the kind of think that can creep into an organization. They're waiting for some mysterious other person to come along and solve the problem that no one's confronting or dealing with because no one wants to get in trouble. Anyway, I hope that person comes along because we certainly aren't very happy right now because we just had a lousy seminar. We didn't produce that effect because you, the boss, asked me to put on the seminar. And I told you I don't want to put on a seminar because I secretly know that the person who puts on the seminars is the one everyone else is counting on. And I don't want to be that person because that person gets in trouble. So I'm going to stay out of trouble by not putting on the seminars and demonstrating how hopeless I am at putting on seminars so that you will never ask me to put on a seminar again. And then we can all be in trouble as the ship sinks for the last time. Because we have no seminars and we're all out on the street looking for another job. Make sense? Not really, right? When you look at it that way, it seems that the best way to get in trouble is to work hard to stay out of trouble. So I want to read you now a beautiful little, anyway, it's one of my favorite passages from a book from Mr. Hubbard called The Fundamentals of Thought and There's a lot of mechanics behind this. This is a whole chapter that involves different elements, freedoms, barriers, purposes, games. We're not doing this episode on this particular subject, but he closes the chapter with these paragraphs. He says, quote, an unhappy man is one who is considering continually how to become free. One sees this in the clerk, who is continually trying to avoid work. Although he has a great deal of leisure time, he is not enjoying any part of it. He's trying to avoid contact with people, objects, energies, and spaces. So this is uh, really one of the reasons why I did the last episode of BusinessWise to communicate or not to communicate was really to set up This particular episode, this series is a very informal series, and I'm not really sure what prompted me to do this, but I wanted to give you episodes of Business Wise that will help to make you bulletproof. Things that you can use to guide you in your life so that you can move forward with your ideals, with your purposes, with your group or company, and be able to not feel the impinging effect of your environment And so that that environment cannot stop you in any way. And ideally, you cannot stop yourself in any way. And this is one of those tools. But it builds on the last episode where we talk about communication. Because to handle something, you must communicate with it. We covered this in the last episode. So if you decide you're not going to communicate with something, well, then de facto, you are no longer able to handle it because you're ceasing to communicate with it. And therefore, you can become the effect of it, right? You cannot handle something you are not in communication with. So the more you cut your communication with things, the less you'll be able to handle. We covered this in the last episode. I'm just doing it as a quick review. But look at what Mr. Hubbard says here. He says, although he has a great deal of leisure time, he is not enjoying any part of it. He is trying to avoid contact with people, objects, energies, and spaces. He eventually becomes trapped in a sort of lethargy. Lethargy means a lack of energy or enthusiasm. You know, you see this guy and he's got a soulless life. (sighs) Has no energy, no enthusiasm. That's your reward for avoiding contact with people, objects, energies, and spaces. Uh, Work, in other words, trying to avoid getting involved with things. So Mr. Hubbard says he eventually becomes trapped in a sort of lethargy. If this man could merely change his mind and start, quote, worrying, end quote, about how he could get more work to do, his happiness level would increase markedly. How about that? I'm going to repeat that sentence. It's that important. He says, if this man could merely change his mind and start, quote, worrying, end quote, about how he could get more work to do, his happiness level would increase markedly. See, that's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Wow, I'm doing all this work and I'm getting into all this trouble and I'm now, you know, oh my goodness, look at all the stuff that's coming around me that I have to deal with now and, oh, you know, I'm so unhappy. No, you're not unhappy. You want to be really unhappy? Walk away from all that stuff. Stop communicating with all that stuff. Try to avoid all that stuff. You'll really get unhappy then, and you'll really get in trouble. So he says, he continues with the next paragraph. He says, one who is plotting continually how to, quote, get out of things, end quote, will become miserable. One who is plotting how to, quote, get into things, end quote, has a much better chance of becoming happy. Got that? Well, let's go through it one more time. One who is plotting continually how to get out of things will become miserable. One who is plotting how to get into things has a much better chance of becoming happy. Oh, I don't know about this. The boss might get mad at me if I do this, if I initiate a whole new program and no one's around to approve it, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it and, you know, hope I don't get too much trouble or, or don't even care about getting in trouble get involved, get into it, start creating, start doing things. Okay. That's the road to success and happiness, not constantly trying to avoid things or being concerned about getting into trouble. All right. So I want to now cover with you a very important reference. And I've been trying to figure out how to work this into our podcast because it's, Anyway, you'll see what I mean when I get into it. It's kind of an interesting reference. Let's just put it that way. So the article is an early one by Mr. Hubbard. It's dated the 22nd of May, 1959. And he says, says many things in this article. We're going to take sections of it to go over with you today. And he says, um, once the basic purpose of a post or department is known, these are Mr. Hubbard's words, only two things should then be necessary. One, self-determined and responsible, continuous creation of department and post. Remember, post is, uh, we defined it elsewhere in the series here, but a post is an area of responsibility. It's one's duties, it's one's job, I guess you could say, but we've always preferred the word post because it has that connotation of responsibility that goes along with it. So he's saying, once you got the basic purpose, Okay, so I am supposed to merchandise or sell the product for a fair exchange with our customers. That's the purpose of my post. Well, how can I get creative about this? How can I invest myself in this? How can I invest my life in this? How can I put life into it? Do you follow? It's not like, okay, I'm supposed to do this. Um, what are the exact procedures? And what can I do? And what can't I do? and what's allowed and what's not allowed. You know, if you understand clearly that the purpose of your position is to merchandise or sell the service or the product of or the organization and in such a manner so that the public are, receive an exchange in abundance, say, or a fair exchange and that they're happy with it and willing to return as a customer, well, from that purpose, you can certainly derive the activities that would be needed, you know, with just using observation and common sense One should be able to arrive at the various different functions and duties of the position. Is that not so? You you have a clear concept of the post. This is one of the reasons why clearing up the purpose of a post is so critical, because that should be all you need. Apart from one other thing he says here, once the basic purpose of a post or department is known, only two things should then be necessary. One, self-determined and responsible continuous creation of department and post. and two holding the communication lines rigidly in place. Yeah, it doesn't give you permission because you now have a clear idea of the purpose of your position to go and not use the communication lines of the organization and just wander all over the place and drive everybody crazy and, uh, you know, walk into the boss's office anytime you feel like and ask him questions or make an origination. There are, in order to have a group organization, you need to have communication lines and communication discipline. You can't let, for instance, communications that are supposed to be answered by you pile up and backlog. You can't have a situation where you're not reporting your statistics of the activities of your position, whatever it's supposed to be, once a week or weekly. There are always, or there should always be, communication disciplines in place in any organization. But apart from obeying those rules, he says, once you have a clear understanding of the purpose of your position or your department, the only other thing needed is, self-determined and responsible, continuous creation of department and post. Okay, he goes on to say, no number of specific detailed orders can remedy anything if these two are not in existence. Specific microscopic orders on how the job is to be done are not only impossible, but defeat the purposes of posts. That's why we love this word post, because it, it connotes, its concept includes the idea, this is my post. This is my zone of responsibility. I am on post. I am taking care of business and I'm responsible towards it. I'm willing to make decisions about it. I'm willing to train myself on how to do this better. I'm interested in it. I'm imbuing life into it, okay? If that's missing and you're just and people are waiting for orders, I just had an experience yesterday. As a matter of fact, I was, uh, I was talking about seminars. I was putting on a seminar, and I was shocked at the amount of standing around and waiting for orders I was dealing with. It was like, wait a minute, aren't you interested in this? Can't you imbue life into this? Like, we're about to have a seminar with 75 people. We're going to interest them in the Hubbard Management System. We're going to get them enrolled and starting on their journey to study Hubbard Management and change their lives for the better. and Can we get a little perkier around here? Can we make some decisions around here? Can we show some initiative around here? This was something that uh, crossed my mind as I was working on this project. Certainly not everyone was in that category, but there were individuals in that category. I could tell they were just waiting for instructions instead of understanding the purpose of their post. So he goes on to say there are two ways of being a total effect just to fixate and act not at all. So that's one way. I'm just not going to act. I might get in trouble. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to wait for orders. That way I won't get in trouble. And then he goes on to say this. So again, he says, just to fixate and not act at all, just to disperse and throw everything off with resultant confusion to all. See, that's the two ways you can be a total effect. Total dispersal or total fixation. Dispersal means what? You're not obeying the communication lines of the organization. You're not holding them in place. You're wandering all over the place. You're trying to do other people's jobs for them. You're not sure really what you're doing and you're just causing confusion. So, you know, I suppose, you you know, to take the seminar example that we were doing yesterday, the individuals that were just standing around waiting for instructions could have done the other thing. They could have been wandering around and getting in everybody's way and uh, setting up things in a, in a confusing manner and doing confusing things because they don't have a clue what their purpose is. See, purpose is also a stable datum. It lessens confusion. If you know what your purpose is for a position or a post, then you have a stable datum and you lessen confusion. You don't create more confusion. All right. So then he goes into this and this gets, I think, amazing. All right. So Starboard says, we must come to orderly cause point on every post. We must, we must we must. The full statement of function of every post is necessary, or we have duplication of effort, which we can't afford. But why beyond that do people demand decisions by others? Information they need. Traffic they need. A rigid calm, just short for communication, a rigid calm system, and exact lines they need. But decisions? How psycho can you get given information and the purpose? Anybody can make a decision unless he's baddie. These are Mr. Hubbard's words, strong words. Now you understand why I was trying to figure out how to work this incredible data into the podcast. And then he goes on to say this right here. And now I declare us to have become of an age to grow up here. We must decide Are we to have a Mussolini empire? You know who Mussolini was? Dictator of Italy during the Second World War. He says, here we must decide. Are we to have a Mussolini empire where only Rome could decide? Or are we to have tightly run departments and posts taking their own causativeness over their functions and traffic? And then he says this. True. I'm pretty clever about things. Mr. Robert certainly was very clever about many, 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 many things. He says, true, I'm pretty clever about things, and I'm handy to have around, but I rebel at making slaves. If I cannot teach you to stand on your own two feet, on your post, I've surely failed. You've got to be willing to be hanged for mistakes and not tremble for fear of making them. Be right on a majority of decisions, and don't be wrong on any important ones. But if you are, you'll only be hanged. How come your neck is so precious when mine isn't? Yes, it's important what you decide. And continuing mister Hubbard's words here, he says, Yes, it's important what you decide. Yes, it's a survival of your area at stake, if you're wrong. But why be timid about it? The whole place will wither and die where you are if you aren't Causative. The man or girl on the post is the one who puts life in it. Elron Hubbard. So, of course, he's talking about his own organizations here—the ones that he created for the salvation of mankind, for the resurrection. I guess you could say of the human spirit and our civilization, which we can all observe is kind of going to the dogs right now. I'm sure we can change that, and I'm sure we will. But things are a little rough right now, and. He's making a point here. Now, your post, whether you're a business owner, whether you're a receptionist in somebody's business, whether you're a salesperson in somebody's business, whether you're a healthcare provider, a restaurateur, it doesn't really matter. Why not take a causative approach to your post? There's no sense in being effect. There's no sense in waiting for others to act or to decide. What if all of us understood clearly the purposes of our posts? whatever they might be. And while staying in compliance with the, the rigid communication lines of our groups, how we're supposed to correspond with one another, how we're supposed to re- connect with one another, we keep all those disciplines in, but we have a very, very clear idea of our, the purpose of what we're doing and how it fits with this growing movement to bring back civilization to man and bring about a better world. What's our role? What's our post? What's our position? What's our, where do we, where are we placing our feet to make our stand for mankind? And once we have a clear understanding of that, what our post is, what our, you can assign yourself a post, right? It doesn't have to be signed by anybody else. And this is my purpose. And this is what I'm here to do. Be willing to make decisions. Be willing to show initiative. Be willing to risk your neck. What makes your neck so precious over anybody else's? If we don't stick our necks out, then as Mr. Hubbard says, the whole place will wither and die. So don't be afraid of getting in trouble. That way, you will probably have much better luck staying out of trouble. Just get involved, communicate, make decisions, show causativeness, show initiative. And I think if every one of us takes this to heart, as Mr. Hubbard has gone over with us so eloquently here, I think we'll see... Prosperous businesses, happy staff that are doing very well on their positions because they've adopted this attitude, a very strong business dynamic in WISE, particularly where we're all there backing each other up and willing to be cause and put our groups together and network and push power to one another and all these marvelous things that I think we can all envision in our mind's eye, well worth striving for, but we will never get there if we're not willing to be causative, make decisions, and so forth. Okay, so a um, bit of a tricky one to relay this, this episode, but I hope you kind of got the idea. I hope it was useful for you and wasn't just me on a tirade. Please let us know if you enjoyed it by giving us a like if you liked it, making a comment, writing us at info at wiseeastus.org these last few episodes have really been involved with how to make you bulletproof. I'm probably going to take a different approach next week. I've got some ideas for you, some things I want to go over with you, but I hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, thank you very much for listening. We will talk again next week.